sort of this thing that people just sort of say, which is Apple's not serious about gaming. Um, and that's a loaded thing to say because, um, so, um, I majored in computer engineering and I use the engineering term for real because it was through the school of engineering. I had to do the physics and the calculus and the classical mechanics and, you know, all of the the engineering stuff. It's no, not computer science where you just, you know, write kernel extensions all day and compilers. <laughs> you think about indexes, algorithms. Which I can't do, and the discrete math, which I can only kind of sort of do. <laughs> um, well, uh, so my senior year at my project, um, I did the uh, computer graphics and computer vision pipelines combined into a single project. And, you know, that's actually not that hard to combine into a project because they're just inverses of each other to go from a robot scene, a thing, to rendering data as uh, images. Um, and being that this was in 2008. God, you're such a baby. <laughs> this was all done with OpenGL. Uh, and because I'm that guy, I did it on my Mac. Um, and, you know, Macs were not quite cool yet the intel transition just occurred which made them kind of sort of interesting because they were prettier hardware right <laughs> um that's right you would man it is so weird that you were in college in 2008 i was like i already had a grown-up job and i was thinking like <laughs> oh man like you must have been doing that on like a g3 no <laughs> not even um, a g5 <laughs> Well, um, an interesting aside about that is um, in 2008, um, I had to use the uh, versions of APIs that would still run on Tiger because I couldn't count on Leopard being everywhere yet. Um, And that also meant I was uh, crapping out universal binaries that would still run on G3s. Wow. Uh, Yeah, the... The naughties were an interesting decade for Apple, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but anyway, um, so that's when I first cut my teeth on OpenGL um, and realized while I was doing this stuff and reading all this documentation written for Windows and or Linux programmers that, wow, actually Apple kind of gets this shit way better than you guys do. Um, because um, way back in 10.2, Apple was the first commercial operating system to go, hey, let's put the graphics rendering layer like actually in the OS. Um, and that was for, uh, that's when Quartz was invented. So that was, you know, you, so you could have the smooth genie effect for this right. <laughs> minimizing to the dock. Um, and Expose required that to exist. Um, it made anti-aliasing in the uh, OS possible. All of that early spiffiness. Um, it made windowing a lot faster. If you ran 10.1, it was a dumpster fire, <laughs> and, uh, performance-wise. Uh, it basically made Aqua possible um, because it was, you know, like <laughs> way too uh, bitmap heavy to be done any other way, mm. and you know, too animation heavy. Because I mean, remember when the uh, like save sheets and stuff used to shoot out at you? Not like really, when, but I would recognize it if you showed it to me. I'd be like, "Oh yeah!" Like if that. you closed a, if you closed a dirty window and the save dialog that used to be attached to the window came out, it would have an animation to it where it would just sort of from the top. Well, anyway. I believe you. <laughs> uh, I'm old. <laughs> 
Well, all, all of these things, you know, were made possible by the fact that um, Aqua, the interface layer itself, is rendered in OpenGL. And one of the cool benefits you get when OpenGL is at that level in the operating system is that um, you, you can do something which is actually like a really big pain in the ass on other platforms at the time, which is an OpenGL view is just um, an, uh, an app kit. Uh, component. Like you just drag an OpenGL view onto your window and you can talk to it like any other control, like a button or a slider or a text field. You could have multiple ones that have multiple rendering contexts. And, you know, it's like <laughs> way more elegant. So if you're doing like a scientific package where there's like a crap ton of controls and then, you know, this itty bitty little rendering window, like just showing you some data visualization, you don't have to rewrite all your GUI code mm. in OpenGL and like, you know, import a bunch of third party crap to handle like doing a button in OpenGL for you. Wow. That's um, nice. <laughs> yeah. So um, Apple or at least that Apple, um, mm really got this um and um so there are two minuscule but i have to mention them um disadvantages to this uh one this means apple's usually one version behind on OpenGL because they really have to test it because it's a lot more important right. um and you know they ship the whole last they ship their uh versions of your uh then ati and nvidia drivers um you know you don't download them yourself right um and the other reason is because you um you're always sharing the stack with um aqua you know there's it, it's you know just a little bit of resources that the graphics card is always sort of uh that can't be used even for a full screen game because you know you can always uh command tab out of a game it doesn't have to like completely switch the resolution and everything around and like right like back in it, the day when your crt would click between your yeah um so you know i was doing cool stuff in OpenGL. i was looking up even cooler stuff to, to do in OpenGL. um 2008 era apple did pretty good with OpenGL. um then snow leopard era apple added OpenCL, the, uh, the, I, I should say, uh, OpenGL, the open means open, it's open as in Libre, not gratis as the Linux people like to point out all the time, even though they don't charge for anything. Hmm. Um, so it's an open graphics library, which is, you know, just sort of where you put your code to draw triangles and everything's made of triangles. And then, you know, there's, you know, an image based on code. And it's done on the GPU, whether that's real or not, but it's done on the GPU, not the CPU. Um, and in 2006, they added OpenCL support, which is the open compute library, which is using the fact that GPUs have a bunch of floating point units on them that can operate in parallel. So if you're doing a lot of like arbitrary computation and it all can be by some means tr uh, transformed into uh, matrix multiplication you can sort of do 
a ton of those in a single GPU clock cycle instead of doing them sequentially on the CPU. So if it's the kind of data that works for that, you could save a lot of time doing that. Um, and this was also the time when Final Cut started getting stale mm -hmm. um, because it was 32-bit uh, bound. So it couldn't use additional CPU cores you could throw at it. All the rendering was being done on the CPU with four gigs of RAM ceilings. And mm. It was a single process model, so you couldn't even like cheat and you know spawn processes that would each be bound by the 32-bit <laughs> limit. Um, it needed work. And in the meantime, um, Adobe was taking advantage of CUDA, which was NVIDIA's proprietary implementation of OpenCL before it was ratified, and then eventually moving to OpenCL support and supporting uh, now AMD cards, because the acquisition happened at some point during there as well. Um, and it's interesting and uh, reasonable to point out Adobe because um, even if artists feel abandoned by Final Cut like I did, mm. um, we're still going to do video editing on our Macs. Like you're you're not gonna force us to use Windows. It's right, not gonna we happen. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a thing that's going to occur. Even if you could build a quote more powerful custom workstation out of you know off the shelf Xeons and water cooling and <laughs> dealing with supporting all of that. Oh my god, no, thank you. Right, it's not worth it, um, and especially it's not worth the DLL hell and Premiere just sort of crashing every now and again, which it still does on Windows. That's just a feature it has and hmm. has always had. Um, so, yeah, the fact that Apple is one version or point version behind on OpenGL um, and the fact that it shares it with the system is not why some Mac games are complete dumpster fires. And by some, you mean most. Well, I mean the kinds that people are going to complain about because well, they right. are the, uh, the loud minority. Nobody's bitching about Undertale. Um, it runs yeah. fine. <laughs> runs great on my MacBook Air. Um, and that brings us into uh, the wonderful world of uh, DirectX or Direct3D. And I, I might uh, mix up some of these terms because Microsoft's 1990s era branding that has carried to this day with double-digit version numbers on it is just atrocious. <laughs> so I'm going to say DirectX. Uh, but it's basically a proprietary alternative to OpenGL. Um, and... You know, it's a religious war of what you think is better. But um, either way, your typical PC game was either written directly for open, uh, not open, uh, was written to DirectX in C Sharp. And as you can imagine, getting that to run on a Mac is, well, <laughs> how would you go about that? You can't. Well, first you have to try to reverse engineer DirectX. <laughs> yeah, so that's literally how it's done. Um, there are third-party companies that specialize in this. Um, there are some free implementations out there as well. And there are some companies that just charge for sticking on the free implementation and everything in between. Um, where 
there's a layer in between the Windows code and the Mac OS that just says <laughs> for each one of these DirectX calls, this is what it means in OpenGL. So it's like your game is running in a VM or something. It is literally that. This is how Wine works. Ugh, but Wine is not an emulator now. That's actually not applicable. It's just stupid that its name is Wine is not an emulator. Well, yeah, because, I mean, allegedly you're just, oh, you're just throwing the DLLs in there and it's running. Well, no, it's doing runtime translation to get it to actually run. Um, you know, w whether it's just in time or ahead of time or whatever, these are just, you know, douchey computer science arguments that I don't care because the <laughs> end result is when you use this runtime translation layer between DirectX and OpenGL, what you get is an unperformant pile of crap. Right. How could it be otherwise? Right. So um, when it works, or rather when it appears to work, yeah. is when you take some game from the 90s, like, you know, ye old Unreal Tournament, and run it in a wineskin. And yeah, because that was made for something half as powerful as an iPhone 1, of <laughs> course your quad-core laptop from today is going to run it just fine. Right. But it turns out that since the 90s, they've actually continued to make games more and more computationally intensive. I know, how dare they? They've, uh... We didn't need we didn't need anything better than Nintendo sixty four. We really didn't. I mean, be honest. M Mario's hat only needed eight polygons, and that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So anyway, the uh, the games that still do this today, because there is an alternative, um, uh, are you know the uh, the shootier, stabbier ones, of course, because they're from studios that were Windows first or console first, and by console I mean Xbox, right? Um, which also <laughs> uses DirectX, and they you know just literally never planned on porting. So what they do is shovelware it onto other platforms using this garbage layer. <laughs> um. So it doesn't matter what GPU you have. If this is a modern game, if it was written for a completely different architecture, you're emulating it. You're going to have emulator performance. That's That really explains a lot. I mean, I've never actually thought about why I, it why? was such dumpster. Like, I knew that the drivers weren't as good for just the GPUs in general, but... I had no idea that every time you, you run a game, and of course it's written for DirectX, that's like the standard. Um, well, hashtag not all games. We'll get to it, but keep going. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where was I going with that? Yeah, that that, 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 that would be happening. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you can almost feel it when you play these games um, because your CPU kind of spins up earlier in the process because... Um, the CPU is usually tasked with doing the uh, boring part of the translation, you know, like the, you know, the hash table looks up, lookups of what call means what in the other mm. one, and then sending that off to the GPU. God, so your nightmare. CPU usage is going to be way higher on those games. Um, and, you know, if you, <laughs> if you play a different game that seems to run a, a lot quieter and look <laughs> better, you'll start being able to like learn the difference at least on your machine although i mean on your uh, macbook air that doesn't have enough of a gpu to do well written games right either yeah even something like i was playing gone home on my macbook air and it was really warm <laughs> and loud <laughs> 
Um, so when you're shopping, one of the ways you can uh, tell if this might be the case is just sort of Google the game name followed by the word engine. Um, and if it's proprietary, be scared mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's very likely that it was written in DirectX. Um, and, you know, based on, and if it's something you've never heard of, look that up too, and then find out how those games are typically ported. Um, you know, you can trace this if you like really wanted to, there's <laughs> usually enough evidence to do so. Um, I looked up a few things beforehand, um, and like Limbo, for example, was proprietary, but it did get a native port to OpenGL for OS X and Linux and iOS. Um, and anything that's made in Unity, um, the graphics library is picked at compile time for the platform. So you write once, and when you check off Windows and iOS, it spits out a ready-to-go OpenGL plus Metal version and a DirectX version. Right. And that's really the way you want to do it. The overhead should definitely be on the engine, not on the ridiculous... Well, the overhead <laughs> should be on the compiler. Right. You the... let the developer's machine crunch through that once. <laughs> right. I When I talked, I meant the engine as in the product that you buy to run your game yeah. to make your game in anyway yeah um so you know there's there's always ways to tell when you're playing a unity game either they leave that stupid dialogue up at the beginning or you see the made with unity personal edition mm. <laughs> um and playing those on your mac you'll see run a little bit less terrible <laughs> <laughs> um you know, um, and another reason for that, and this is completely fair criticism of Apple and gaming, is that they don't put adequate GPUs in, <clears throat> like, anything. Right. The vast majority of Macs don't even, yeah. do not have a discrete GPU. Uh, the so, Intel so, onboard chips have been getting better, but that's better compared to the steaming turds that they have always been. <laughs> Yeah, and they're still three to five years behind a actual graphics card at best. Right. Um, so right now in the current Mac lineup, and this has been true for a very long time, the only discrete graphics cards you can get are in iMacs, the 15-inch Retina MacBook Pro, but not all of them, um, and obviously the Mac Pro. Right. And the only desktop class GPU is in the Mac Pro. The iMacs get mobile ones most of the time. There may have been an odd revision somewhere in there that got a full-sized one, but iMacs are known for getting as many laptop parts as possible because they have to be hilariously thin, even though they're not actually size constraints. I know. Mm -hmm. I don't Freaking care. IMAX. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just let it be no a little No one cares. Fat. We used what to have CRTs on our desks. It doesn't matter if the iMac, like my 2009 iMac that I'm recording this on right now is about an inch thick, and that has never once bothered me. Yeah, no, that was a good design. It was an inch thick of uh, frame and then just a little bit of bubble on the back for whatever was back there. Right. Although that probably still has a mobile GPU too. Oh, well, I mean, this particular iMac has uh, integrated graphics. Oh, even worse. It was, yeah, this... Uh, <laughs> I bought this because it was cheap. Um, it was a 24-inch iMac, which was big at the time, 
that was low enough in price because of its integrated graphics that I could <laughs> justify buying it. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's bad. That's genuinely bad. Um, I started playing Firewatch earlier today, um, and I only even thought to play it on my Mac Pro. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Why would I suffer through melting a laptop through my lap? I don't own a laptop. I mean, I, I have this iMac, my MacBook Air, and that's it. <laughs> so I will certainly be playing Firewatch on my PC, which is cost. So my PC cost about a third to build of the highest end MacBook Pro that actually has a discrete GPU. Right. And it will run any game it will smoke that <laughs> retina macbook pro <laughs> at any game yeah that's sad it is bad um yeah so i mean unless you have the pro class workstations for other reasons you know because i need it for everything else i do <laughs> um i would probably have a gaming pc too if i took uh, uh pc gaming seriously it's right. not really a hobby of mine <laughs> Because, yeah, it, you can just buy an off-the-shelf i7, stick two GPUs in there, and, uh, you know, an, a small SSD and a big fat spinny disk and be fine. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so, yeah, th this is frustrating for Wallens because it's like, yeah, people who complain, you're right about most of it. Right. But there's this other huge technical piece of the story that is worth telling. And the interesting thing, so Metal for the Mac was our savior. It was announced and it was going to be this amazing thing and gaming on the Mac was no longer going to suck. Well, that was, what, over a year ago? Something like that? Maybe two? Uh, yeah. Probably right so, around a year. So if you're doing one of these dumpster fire layers, I mean, the best you can help hope for in performance there is that a new dumpster layer uh translates from active uh direct x to metal even that's not going to be good right and that's still a lot of cpu bound stuff it doesn't matter how good the gpu is in that <laughs> case um and because those are sequential instructions that's a single threaded thing so your processor may or may not go into uh uh, turbo um, if there's nothing talking to the other threads but if there is then it'll ramp down the CPU and use all the cores because Intel chips are crazy these days <laughs> and you can't count on consistent performance um, and all metal was supposed to do is take out the layer where OpenGL is a universal language um, and make it more like talking in assembly directly to the GPU. Right. Um, and making case, it closer to the metal. Right. Anybody who is totally ignorant, which is pretty much none of our listeners, the lower level language you use to communicate with the actual hardware, the faster everything is because there's always some overhead um, with higher level languages. Right. Um, so... This, this is the kind of thing that can bench really well, uh, but uh, we're still waiting for it to show, like, meaningfulness in the real world. Nobody's using it, is the well, thing. There are, like, some demos, and that's yeah. basically it. Um, 
And and the big engines like Unreal was like, oh, yeah, we're going to support Metal for the Mac. But there's no roadmap that I could find. And I did a fair amount of Googling while I was avoiding doing work today. (laughs) Uh, And they're like the the community is talking to each other about it. And occasionally somebody who works uh, there will be like, yeah, we're working on it. That's great. Um, But given that it requires El Capitan, which doesn't have anything like saturation it's i don't even know that it's a good idea to target metal at this point yeah um and if you go the other route um if you so the the way unity spits out an ios project but it hasn't done this with mac uh builds yet is unity itself can't build an iOS application, what it does is it spits out a big old Xcode project. Um, and therefore, because it's being built by Apple's own tools, you can get the um, app slicing and app thinning goodies where it creates a single binary that can be compatible with A5s through A9s that will use Metal if available and OpenGL if not. That's nice. Right. Instead of like, here's the Metal version and it requires the newest thing and real graphics card. You know, since you say that, I'm now even madder that Hearthstone is so enormous. Well, do you know it's written in Unity? Yeah. Actually, oh. I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Unity does, uh, does uh, let you do uh, app slicing and thinning. They might want to think about that. Just, yeah. just to well, stop I'm, pissing me off. Well, uh, when I was listening to the most recent Unconsolable where this was brought up yet again, <laughs> um, uh, one thing that occurred to me is um, maybe it kind of needs random access to all two gigs of crap because any card could show up at any time and you wouldn't want to see a downloading asset spinner. Like, it's a little harder to segment it into really big chunks but- because... There's little short bits of sound and stuff, and they don't need to be huge. And it's mostly, I still think that it's probably absurd. Now, the way that Unity, and it's not like I was going to try to yank assets out of a Unity project, because that would be, you know, potentially unethical. But the way everything's packaged up, it's kind of hard to tell, like, what everything is. Yes, Unity compiles, quote unquote, your assets. Yeah. So, I don't know if they're using like uncompressed audio but i wouldn't be surprised given how big the app is for no apparent reason well this is another performance thing too um because you can play a wave or an eighth as you're reading it off a disc because there's no compression to it whatsoever that's actually more performant than reading an mp3 because you have to read enough of the file to recognize that it's an mp3 and then decode it and these little things add up on slower cpus and it's just like eh it's just space let them worry about that well (laughs) i mean granted Uh, i did get the 128 gig one so it's not even a problem for me and i think i deleted hearthstone because i just don't really enjoy it (laughs) that much uh nothing wrong with people who do obviously it's just not for me um but yeah i just it's so big yeah, I've seen bigger. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, they they should do something about it, or you know, at least just 
get it to be a smart payload, like, initially. You know, like, only, like, like, it only needs, you know, 200 megs to update itself, and then right. it gets the rest on the first launch, you know. There's no way they need to update all the assets that often. Well, they don't, but if they're not using up slicing, it's just one damn piece. Mm. Yeah, that was nice and whiny, and uh, we avoided talking about <laughs> politics, so. Yeah. The joke was that uh, last week I was sick and I could barely speak and we were thinking like maybe we would do an episode where Joe just filibusters about feeling the burn (laughs) while I croak something in defense of Hillary occasionally, but we opted not to do that, so uh, sort of apologies for missing last week and almost sincere apologies if you would have enjoyed that, but it didn't happen and it's probably not going to. No, we're we're not going to argue about that. you know, when uh, the race is over, we will support the winner. Right. You know, All because th- that's kind of more important. Yeah. Like, hello. The people who are like, I would never vote for Hillary if Bernie doesn't, which, so, oh, so you're going to, so if Ted Cruz is the nominee, you're going to vote for Ted Cruz, or you're going <laughs> to just or not worse vote yet, and not let show him up. win? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Screw you. Get off my planet. <laughs> you suck. Um, that's, that's my message to those people. Yep. They're so similar. Like the difference. So there was this, you know, online quiz going around a while back. Yeah, I, uh, I side with is one of them. It's, I think that's the one I I did. Yeah, we both did it, and like we were both like ninety eight percent of both candidates, but you were like ninety nine percent of Bernie, and I was like ninety nine percent Hillary. Right, <laughs> like we we did it, and like we were both in the nineties for both of them. And it's it pocket was, change difference, yeah. people. If I'm yeah. I'm very sorry, not really. If <laughs> if if Bernie doesn't win and Hillary does, but it it's, it's just if I promise you, it will not be a disaster. Hillary's not a Republican. She's not Margaret fucking Thatcher, which apparently <laughs> is a comparison that's being made. Whatever. Um, yeah, I saw that going yeah. on today. Oh, but we promised not to talk about politics, so I'll stop now. Well, we promised not to argue about it, and we're not arguing. That's true. Except with imaginary assholes. (laughs) Which is what we do every week, so there you go. Yep. I'll end it somewhere in there. (laughs) 